This is the Top 25 Rundown, and here's your host, Alan West. Good evening and welcome to the Top 25 Rundown, presented by the Sportscast. Today is February 15, 2023. If you haven't yet, please subscribe on all your channels, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, and Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. It'll help us out tremendously. You can listen to us on your smart speaker, play Sportscast. Visit us on the sportscast.net. Also follow us on Twitter at the Sportscast One and check out our app, the Sportscast, in the iOS app store. Hello, my name is Alan West and welcome to the Top 25 Rundown. I am honored to be joined by Christopher Caravello, writer for the West Coast College Football and co-host of the Southern Gentleman Sports Show, on ticket 8.50 a.m. in Pensacola. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good. Thanks for having me back on. Glad to be here. Hey, pleasure to have you back on. Uh, I was taking a look and noticed that for college football, we just had, had the Senior Bowl about two weeks ago, and so just wanted to try and get your take about that and then uh, just some of the players you had thought about and noticed. But before we get into that, I do want to mention, unfortunately, that uh, – we did have the tragedy at Michigan State where, unfortunately, three people were killed and five more were wounded, which that's just a shame because especially right now, you hate to hear about a shooting regardless, but with Michigan State, just how for the Big Ten, they're trying to prepare for the tournament and just trying to do seedings and just how they're a major school for different uh, NCAA sports. It's frustrating to see something like this because there was a time where when we would hear something like this, it would be, oh no, this is something that we wouldn't technically notice about, whereas doesn't feel that way anymore does it no and you know our thoughts go out to everybody in east lansing on you know michigan state's campus and the community and anyone associated with the school uh, regardless of you know if they're in the student athletes programs or or not you know just regular students on that campus have got to be dealing with a lot right now and it goes way beyond sports. Um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of uh, negative headlines out of that school over the last couple of years. Um, I'm sure they're w- trying to just move on from a lot of that, but this is uh, something that, you know, so it's probably going to change things forever there. Um, I was planning on going out uh, to East Lansing next year when Washington makes the trip. Um, and I'm hoping that, It'll be a way for us to all pay our respects um, when we get to campus. I agree. I mean, uh, it is truly unfortunate just because when you think about that, being that this is the second college campus that unfortunately has had a shooting uh, within the calendar school year when we had UVA. And so now it's just, it's frustrating because you want, you want to feel safe wherever you go. And so when something like this happens, 
it's tough because I guess all the different emotions I want to see. I mean, as much as I as we like talk about sports, well, this is more important than sports. I mean, we're still going to get to sports at some point, but it's just trying to figure out how to navigate while we're trying to learn about everything that happens. Does that make sense? It does. You know, sports can be a healing part of this process because it brings everybody together. You know, everybody's going to gather at some point to watch the Spartans compete in a sport sporting event. So that that'll be a way for that community to just stand side by side, you know, look to your left, you look to your right and you, you see somebody wearing that green and know that you're a part of this, you know, you're part of something special. College campuses are supposed to be sacred places where you could, you know, you're, you're there for a reason to, to further your education, further your, your life's prospects and, and be, be in a community with other people, you know, like, likewise goals. Um, unfortunately, anybody can just walk onto those campuses. Um, it's not, not, not a bubble. Um, and, and that's how things like this happen. You know, I don't know the details of, of why it happened. I don't know if that's been put out yet, but, um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate all the way around. Indeed. And like you said, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to East Lansing and just the entire Spartan family. And, uh, we will see how that goes. Then hopefully everything will just, I won't say that it'll go how it was before, but the school will definitely move on and be able to come together and make memories and succeed in a positive way. Just because, uh, well, this reminds me of Virginia Tech a little bit. When that shooting happened, only it wasn't as big and just how the school really came together. So I believe Michigan State is going to do the same thing, if not a little different. And they're going to come out a stronger school together because of it. That being said, let's talk about some football because uh, we did have the Senior Bowl. And what did you think about it? I know that uh, you were able to go back and take a look at it because you were a little busy that weekend. But... Yeah, I was running 100 miles and didn't get to watch the game live. But, you know, it's right down the road for me in Mobile. I've gone a couple times over to to watch the game or see some of the festivities. yeah, it's a it's a cool experience. They finally had some good weather, you know, for the most part for for the whole whole week. It looks like and the game. It gets pretty cold and miserable in on the Gulf Coast. Trust me. And when it when it dips down into the 40s, it's not fun to sit through a game. But yeah, it looked like it was it was great for great for the players, uh, great for the fans. Game itself, uh, what stood out to me the most is Jake Hayner. Yeah, a lot of Washington fans will remember that name and. Had he won the starting job over Jacob Eason, Chris Peterson might still be coaching right now, as crazy as that sounds. Um, but Jake, you know, he, he performed at a really high level. Uh, some people will knock his size and stature. I think he proved that he, he can jump into a new system and, and perform pretty well. Uh, he looked accurate with it. Um, not a lot of competency on any of the other quarterbacks, though. So maybe it's just that, 
you know, everyone else performed so poorly. It made Hayner look look a lot better. But uh, I was surprised at how much Dugan struggled as well. You know, I, I from what I gathered, it was kind of an up and down week for him, and it didn't get any better on the field during the game itself. Um, that whole side, uh, what is it, the the American squad? It's not the North and the South anymore. Um, say what you want about that, but I do kind of miss that. You know, added an extra twist to the game, but um. Yeah, the American roster performed pretty bad, uh, top to bottom. The only highlight really was that pick six they had. What is Hainer, What school did Hainer play for again? Fresno State. So he played his first couple of years in Seattle and transferred down to Fresno State when he lost the starting quarterback competition to Jacob Eason, a five-star quarterback. Uh, that I think tore Chris Peterson up inside. You know, it did not go the way he planned. Uh, he hated making that decision. He was probably felt like he was forced to make that decision. Is you don't bench a five star with NFL prospects for a, a kid that's under six feet tall. Um, but you know, hats off to him. He put in I think three solid years down at Fresno State. Couple Mountain West titles. Um, and he's been successful every time someone's actually given him a chance. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's see. Eason, if memory serves, he transferred from Georgia over there. That's correct. I believe. Yeah. Just because, uh, well, that's a shame though. Cause Chris Peterson, I liked him as a coach at Washington. I mean, I want to, he's one of the few coaches you could say that he had a high profile job at Boise state. I was able to walk away and get an even better job at Washington, at least in my opinion. So, because he, uh, I can't recall him really having a losing record while he was coach. I don't believe he did. You know, he at least won eight games. Uh, I think he had one season of seven wins, but yeah, he did take the school, you know, in the positive direction, did it his own way as well. Exactly, and I mean, at least he got the he, he made sure that the next coach, well, the uh, that the second the next coach, he made sure that you got a good coach now. So I mean, I can only think that even though you got a tough division, I only see Washington trending higher and upward. I, I really don't trust him going down. I just see him going higher. We're gonna see how that goes. Um, so you said Hayner was the main player you thought that uh, got because I know he got Senior Bowl MVP. Yeah. Was there, uh, other than him, when you looked at this, any of the other players, were there any ones that, like any wide receivers or defensive players that Yeah. Um, Michael Wilson really out of Stanford. Okay. Uh, not I think he I already only played 13 games like his whole career at Stanford because of injury. I don't even remember playing him playing or or doing much against you know Washington the 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 games that he did manage to play and suit up. I said I'd never even heard of this player uh in it, you know be a to be a starting wide receiver at Stanford. You think somebody with you know an eye on the pack 12 would 
that name would jump out on, at you. But unfortunately, just because of injuries, he showed up in Mobile without a lot of hype. Um, but man, he turned some heads. It, it seemed like every day of practice, he caught everybody's attention. Um, and then he put a, put together a really nice performance in the game itself. Uh, four receptions, 76 yards, a touchdown. So I, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but you know, when a kid's been injured and that, that, that'll probably be red flags for NFL teams to, to sort through and pick apart, but at least he ended his college career on a high note. And as long as he can stay healthy and, and get through, you know, maybe their pro day, I don't even know if he's going to the combine, but you know, that he, he showed that he belonged and I'm sure a lot of the coaching staff noticed. That's a good thing. I mean, like you said, the senior poll, in some ways, that's kind of a uh, kind of a springboard, I guess you could say, to the combine. Because uh, depending on how your performance goes there, sometimes you can get an invite from there to the combine. So it definitely couldn't hurt him. Maybe that got him from a uh, maybe seven, uh, sixth round, maybe up to like a fourth or a third round, depending on what happens and what the doctors say, and I guess also the Wonderlic score. So besides the intangibles that he'll be doing so yeah i mean it's it's not like i said it's not just the performance during the game it's the practices where you probably make yourself you know a name for yourself and it sounds like he certainly was able to do that um there's a couple offensive linemen that i think i think that's really where a lot of these players can can show just how good they are is on the offensive and defensive line. Cause you're going up against, you know, the best pass rushers, you know, against the best offensive linemen, you know, they generally do stay that fourth year and, mm-hmm. and, and go to the senior bowl um, with that invite. So, you know, I think that there was a couple offensive linemen, uh, one out of Tennessee seemed like he really held up. He held up against uh, the, the best competition, uh, Will Anderson, when Tennessee played Bama, did good against Georgia, good against Clemson. Clemson has some amazing defensive linemen, so I, I think mm-hmm. that player in particular stood out on on the lines. Okay, now that's that's definitely something to keep track of. Just because, even though a lot of people are going to notice for quarterback, wide receiver, or cornerback. In the draft, it's not only those players. You're also going to see the nose tackle, the defensive end, uh, all the uh, positions on the line, center, offensive tackle, offensive guard. So, I mean, it's really just going to depend on how that goes because there are 256 chances. So, we'll be curious to see about that. Just, I guess it's waiting to see. um, Were there any running backs you heard anything about by any chance? Um, I was pretty high on Kentucky's running back going into this season. Uh, Rodriguez, he got mm-hmm. banged up in a, a few games, didn't have the monster year that I thought he would. And he really, I mean, like I said, that whole roster struggled. The American one did this, this week. So I don't think he really got to showcase himself. Um, the one at the running back out of Tulane who absolutely torched USC in the Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. he looked pretty good in some highlights. Um, like I said, didn't necessarily translate into the the game itself, but I think he did enough in the practices to show that, 
you know, he's, he's definitely one of the top running backs in this draft class. No, that's good. I mean, uh, it really just going to depend on who's going to show up. And, uh, like you said, it's important for how they show during the practices and during the games. So you mentioned Will Anderson. Was there any DN or defensive tackle besides him that you heard anything about or noticed? I mean, I wasn't really tracking towards towards any of the the ones that that showed up in Mobile. Um, the the highlights I showed that I that I did sort through. I think it was a linebacker or maybe he's an edge from FAMU right down the road, Tallahassee. Uh, that was kind of cool. I always like seeing the FCS guys get, get a chance to, to showcase. Cause you know, when FCS goes up and plays an FBS, you know, it's, it's definitely, yeah, there's times where they can shine and individual players can stand out, but the games are usually not going to go, you know, in the FCS team's favor, they get out of hand rather quickly. The senior bowl and you got a week of practice to go against these guys and show repetition after repetition that you belong there. And it sounds like as gentlemen from FAMU definitely did pretty well. So hats off to him. That's awesome. And yeah, no, just because uh, like you said, a lot of FCIs, FCS guys get a lot of credit. I know that uh, just from experience for, for Liberty, how they had been more of like an FCS school before. Now they're jumping up into the uh, going from independence. But they had a kicker that I want to say it was six or seven years ago. He had kicked a 60, over a 60-yard field goal. Now I believe he went to the combine. I want to say his name was John Lunsford, I want to say. And so, I mean, it was pretty cool that he even got uh, sent. He was invited to the combine. Just because I just hear about kickers that are able to kick a over 60 yard field goal and make it in a game that he was able to help one of them win. Were there any yeah. kickers you saw? Man, I saw some some missed kicks. So I, I think it was Maryland's kicker was was kicking for one of the squads and and had some misses. There was there was even like a thirty three yarder that got missed. So not a good day for for the uh, the place kickers in this game. I don't think unless gotcha. there was a, a long field goal that that slipped my mind in the in the highlights, but I don't think so. That's okay. I mean, I. Uh... Being an Ohio State fan, watching Noah, Noah Ruggles, how he missed that kick, which that was a tough kick anyway. So, but I know he was going into the draft. I don't know if he went to the Senior Bowl or not, but if he did, hopefully he didn't kick. I mean, uh, I just wouldn't want to have a repeat of that. I'll be honest. I'm not ashamed to say that, but he had a good career chancing from JME to Ohio State. So, I mean, hey, that's off to him as well. Like you said, going from an FCS making it there, which that's pretty impressive. And then we'll see what happens. Uh, is there anything else that you really noticed from the Senior Bowl that uh, I guess caught your eye that you haven't mentioned yet? Um, the FAMU linebacker I've mentioned, his name is Isaiah Land. And 
also, yeah, the player from Kansas that was wrecking havoc on the D-line, D uh, Lonnie Phelps. He, he showed up on a ton of highlights. I think he also recovered a fumble or caused a fumble. Very so, nice. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another, like, kind of surprise that you don't see or haven't seen in a while is player from Kansas Jayhawks, you know, that big – ugly bird on the side of the helmet, you know, at the senior bowl, making noise. So that was kind of cool. Um, I think there was also one of the linemen from North Dakota state. He, he played pretty well. He, he was a monster every time I watched that team over the last couple of years. So good to see him, like I said, get, get that call up and get to go against the uh, more heralded big boys and, and show out. I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, I do have to ask you if you saw any safeties. So, I mean, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hit every – the main position just to try to see if we can get maybe one either person or just one thing you were able to see from the highlights. That way – Yeah, either yeah. Bad, at least we can make sure that some draft time, maybe we'll be like, hey, Chris, you said that person. You said that person. And we'll just see how many of them we got at the end. And – uh I've got faith knowing you. Most likely every person you're going to mention is going to be either drafted or if they aren't drafted, they're going to be picked up as a free agent. But let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, one last uh, defender, Jamie Robinson. I can't not mention Florida State standout safety. I mean, hats off to him, man. He played in the bowl game. Then he played in the senior bowl. So he definitely put in a ton of work this year. Uh, didn't sit out and – and, and not go. Um, speaking of players that didn't go, obviously the big no-show at the Senior Bowl was uh, Stetson Bennett. I'm sure he wishes he would have showed up in Mobile. Maybe then he wouldn't have been arrested. Uh, just kind of a I, – I understand why he didn't go because he's not going – he probably feels that he's done everything he can at this point, you know, winning MVP of every playoff game, two national titles – um showed some athleticism that you know maybe surprised some people i don't think that you know going to the senior bowl could have improved his stock but like i said the fact that he counterproductively spent his time in uh hot water he probably yeah. wishes he would have gone to mobile and you know led one of those squads I can definitely agree with that just because, I mean, you expected more from him, truthfully. And for him to do what he did, it just – you wanted him to put a bow on his career, but instead it just felt like he kind of laid an egg. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Poor poor decision-making. Um, he had to – he had it all set up. I mean, it, like I said, he couldn't have improved his draft draft stock, you know, anymore. Uh, but things had to go perfectly for him from the moment the national championship game ended until the NFL draft started. And what are you doing, dude? <laughs> I mean, I expected more, but I'm going to look at it in a positive way, okay? 
just just roll with me on this. So my my view on it is, with him unfortunately not taking advantage of the opportunity that he's given right now. Let's assume that maybe that's going to help somebody else whose stock isn't as good. Maybe it'll give them a little bit of a boost. I'm not saying yeah. that's going to happen, but let's think positively about it at least. So that way we can be like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is going to help somebody else do better as well. Like you said, for uh, Jake Haney, was it? Is that right? Jake right? Hayner. Hayner. Okay. So my apologies, but see, Bennett didn't show up. Hayner was able to show up and he balled out. So, I mean, it gave him the spotlight that when he was at Fresno State, unfortunately, he wouldn't have gotten there. So, this way he was able to get the spotlight. He took advantage. He won the MVP and he made it to where his draft stock was able to go up. And if he didn't have an invite to the combine, maybe now he's got an invite to the combine. Yeah. And, you know, you see what Brock Purdy was able to do is the very last pick of the draft in the year mm-hmm. prior. Man, I think, uh, like you mentioned, the amount of draft picks available, one number one through the very last, there, you, you can make a roster and make an impact. Yeah, well, I mean, another way to think about it, too, remember Tom Brady was 199th and he was drafted from Michigan, so... Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're number one or, like you said, if you're Mr. Elman at 256. But, unfortunately, you hope that for Hayner, Purdy, or anyone else, they don't have what happened to them in the playoffs. You you hope that you don't have an injury when it's the biggest spotlight. So, I mean, unfortunately, you've seen that in college. You've seen that in the pros. So, it just... It's hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Players got to stay ready. You know, when when he went down, I think Josh Johnson came in the game, and he's been on, like, over half the NFL teams in the league. So, yes. you know, you never know when your, your number is going to get called. Um, but hats off to Purdy for showing he belonged in the league. Exactly. Relevant no. or not. Exactly. That was, I won't say that was one of the surprises, but it truly was just because um, when you wanted kind of a feel good story after DeMar Hamlin, which I'm not taking anything away from DeMar Hamlin. He's done amazing. It's seeing him back up and being able to not only be back in Buffalo, but still being able to do other things. That's great. That is huge. And we just, we hope that keeps going. But also just to see how Purdy was able to come from from just obscurity, you could kind of say, because you really didn't think about him when he was drafted, other than him being the last pick, to being able to be the starter. I think that that not only gives uh, credit for how he was in college, but also just how good he was able to be, even though, sure, he was third third string he still was able to make it to where his impact was felt basically through the nfc so that's right 
I actually didn't think he should have been Mr. Irrelevant. I thought he played well enough at Iowa State, of all places, to uh, get drafted a little higher. But like I said, you don't know what these teams are going to do with their decision making and their where they think your value is. And, you know, just got to stay ready, whether your name's called or not. Keep fighting. I know. I mean, that's the tough thing, but that's the video college sports. So you get to see them as they develop and mature. And then either you'll get to hopefully see them get drafted in the NFL, or if say they don't, maybe they'll be in the CFL or right now at the USFL or the XFL. But I mean, it's just trying to keep that dream going. That's huge. And for them to have the best opportunity possible. I don't know about you, but I, I, I guess it, I consider it a pleasure to see how they how they develop and just how they keep playing. So that way you can see if they are able to be prepared enough to where they do make it to the pros. You you go like, hey, I saw I saw this kid in college. Wait to see what he's going to do in a minute. Just watch this. So that, that's just how I feel about it, though. So I mean. I know that you may have a different point of view, but that's just when I when I look at different players for the, some of the different sports, that's something I always try to pay attention to. Just like uh, I was taking a uh, peek at the basketball game tonight for number one, Alabama, and they lost. They just became number one, I believe, in men's basketball for the first time in 20 years, and they lost to Tennessee, which I'm going to get into more in depth later on, but that that's how it starts. This is right around tournament time, so it's... Wow. I'm curious to see, just because you know how for NCAA, how we had the playoff for football, we have March Madness for basketball, which in some ways I think is a little crazier, but it makes it more fun to watch. Yeah, the Cinderella stories are a lot more common. Yeah, it makes it more fun, though, just because you get to see who will be the Cinderella and then who's just going to succeed and be able to do well. That's right. Well, sir, I know that uh, you have been able to give me a good idea for the Senior Bowl. Uh, are there any other things for college sports, for football, that you see coming up before the Combine that um, I should be aware of? Ah, the, the recruiting that never stops, really. You know, we're going to have, we had the second, our official national signing day. Um, there wasn't as many surprises as the first go around, but like I said, there isn't really an off season if you truly follow the sport. So I'm sure that, you know, we'll have something fun to think about uh, every week up until we kick it off again. Yes, sir, that is very true, um, and hopefully I look forward to having you on a few more times before then, so that way we can make sure that uh, we have that, and also for the preview show, so that way we can make our predictions, and uh, I can be wrong again next year. Sounds good. So uh, if we were going to find you outside of here, where would we find you? Like, uh, what social media would we find you on? 
all platforms. I am Nolcore, N-O-L-E-C-O-R-E. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at southerngentlemansports.com. Perfect. Uh, like I said, I know that uh, this was a little bit of a stretch for you coming on just because you had done your 100-mile run, but once again, that is a huge accomplishment, and I commend you for that, sir. Thank you. Absolutely, and uh, I do thank you for your time just because I know that uh, as soon as you get off here, well, you've got a little bit more fun you're going to have than right now. So, I mean, I understand that, but I appreciate you giving me some time because that... I'm um, I'm a little jealous of you right now because I remember those days and uh, the only thing I don't miss are the diapers. But other than that, those are good times. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right back on to uh, dad baby duty. So fun. Hey, there's nothing like it though. Those are times that the times and the memories you get from that. You'll never you'll never forget them and just enjoy them as much as you can because. It's a pleasure, and my daughter now is almost 13. She's getting toward there, and I still have in my wallet the pictures that I took of her when she was a lot younger, so I understand completely. (laughs) But, sir, I thank you for your time. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We will definitely get in touch again, and then if... uh, something else comes up for college football and you uh, find out about it and you notice it, please let me know. I want to make sure we have you back on here on the top 25 rundown, sir. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs) See you, sir. All righty. So let's get into some of the rankings. And like I said, number 10 to see in men's basketball. They did just down number one, Alabama. So that is a huge upset. And later on, Mr. Bob Alves is going to come on and he will help me talk about that. Looking into uh, one sport we haven't talked about yet this year is women's gymnastics. And right now we have number one, the number one seed is Oklahoma. Number two is Florida. Number three is Michigan. Number four is Utah. Number five is Auburn. Number six is UCLA. Number seven is California. Number eight is LSU. Number nine is Alabama. Number 10 is Denver. Number 11 is Kentucky. Number 12 is Oregon State. Number 13 is Ohio State. Number 14 is Arkansas. Number 15 is Michigan State. Number 16 is Missouri. Number 17 is Minnesota. Number 18 is Iowa. Number 19 is Georgia. Number 20 is Arizona State. Number 21 is Southern Utah. Number 22 is Stanford. Number 23 is Illinois. Number 24 is Maryland. Number 25 is Washington. And we go all the way with uh, rankings. Uh, Towson and Arizona are tied at 26. 
North Carolina State's number 28, North Carolina's number 29, Penn State's number 30. And for those top 30, the uh, lowest score is 195.893 as the average compared to Oklahoma, number one with 198.38. And we're getting... For the regular season, we still have a few more weeks till it's the playoff, till it's the uh, gymnastics national championship. So we'll see how that goes. For men's wrestling, it is still Penn State is running away with it. Uh, the perfect record of fifteen and zero. Iowa's number two. At 14 and 1, Iowa State is number 3 at 16 and 2. Cornell is number 4 at 12 and 2. North Carolina State is 13 and 1 at number 5. Oklahoma State is 13 and 2 at number 6. Nebraska is number 7 at 11 and 3. Ohio State is number 8 at 12 and 3. Virginia Tech is number 9 at 9 and 3. Missouri is number 10 with a 7 and 3. Michigan's number 11. With a 10 and 4 record. Minnesota is number 12 with a 12 and 3 record. Northern Iowa is number 13 at 7 and 4. Northwestern is number 14 at 7 and 3. North Dakota State is number 15 at 11 and 2. Pittsburgh is 9 and 4 at 16. South Dakota State is number 17 with an 11 and 4 record. Arizona State is number 18 with a 6 and 4 record. Wisconsin's number 19 with a 7 and 8 record. Appalachian State is number 20 with a 9 and 2 record. Illinois is number 21 with a 6 and 7 record. Rutgers is number 22 with a 10 and 7 record. Michigan State's number 23 with a 9 and 6 record. Penn is number 24 with an 8 and 5 record. And Indiana is number 5 with a 7 and 5 record. And that is how it is for wrestling at Right now, as I said, it's starting now, and we have for the men's lacrosse. I should get to that once I can college softball is just beginning their new year. And while checking on that, We're about five games in the season for college softball. And right now, Oklahoma, the defending champion, they are still at the top. They are 
when people are wondering if they're going to be able to repeat for the third year. But it'll depend on how they do now that uh, among the players, there are uh, American Jocelyn Allo. She uh, graduated. Like I said, uh, Oklahoma is number one at 5-0. and oh. Number two, UCLA is 6-0. and oh. Number three, Florida is 3-0. and oh. Number four, Arkansas is 5-0. Oh. Number five is Oklahoma State at 3-1. Number six is Clemson at 5-0. Oh. Number seven is Florida State at 4-1. Number eight is Tennessee with a record of 3-0. and oh. Number nine is Virginia Tech with a record of 5-0. and oh. Number 10 is Georgia with a record of 5-0. and oh. Northwestern's number 11 with a record of 2-2. Two and two. Alabama's number 12 with a record of 2-1. and one. Number 13, Texas is a record of 2-1-1. One one. Washington is number 14 with a record of 4-1. Arizona is number 15 with a record of 5-0. Oh. Number 16 is Kentucky with a record of 2-0-1. Oh Stanford is number 17 with a record of 3-2. LSU is number 18 with a record of 5 and 0. Duke is number 19 with a record of 3 and 2. University of Central Florida is number 20 with a record of 3 and 1. Auburn is number 21 with a record of 4 and 1. Louisiana is number 22 with a record of 4 and 0. Missouri is number 23 with a record of 3 and 2. Oregon is number 24 with a record of 3 and 2. And Maryland rounds out the top 25 with a record of 4-1. and one. That is the women's softball top 25. Now let's take a look at men's hockey real quick. And we have Winnipeg taking over the number one seed with a record of 24-3-3. They had been number two before. Minnesota went from number one to number two. They are now have a record of 21-8-1. Denver is number three with a record of 23 and seven. Michigan is number four with a record of 29 and one. Boston University is number five with a record of 20 and seven. St. Cloud State is number six with a record of 18, eight and two. Penn State is number seven with a record of 19, 10 and one. Western Michigan is number eight with a record of 19, 10 and one. Ohio State is number nine with a record of 17, 11, and two. Harvard is number 10 with a record of 17, six, and one. Cornell is number 11 with a record of 16, seven, and two. Minnesota State is number 12 with a record of 19, 10, and one. Michigan Tech is number 13 with a record of 21, eight, and four. Michigan is with a record of 15, 15, and two. Omaha is number 15 with a record of 15, 10, and 3. Northeastern is number 16 with a record of 14, 10, and 4. Yukon is number 17 with a record of 17, 10, and 3. Notre Dame is number 18 with a record of 14, 14, and 4. University of Massachusetts Lowell is a record of 15, 10, and 3. And Merrimack rounds out the top 20 with a record of 16, 12, and 1. So right now, that is the top 20 for men's hockey. Going into women's hockey, you have Ohio State, number one, 
with a record of 27-3-2. Yale is number two with a record of 24-2-1. Colgate is number three with a record of 26-4-2. Minnesota is number four with a record of 23-5-3. Northeastern is number five with a record of 27-2-1. Quinnipiac is number six with a record of 27-5. Wisconsin is number seven with a record of 22-8-2. Minnesota Duluth is number eight with a record of 21-8-3. Penn State is is number nine with a record of 22-8-2. Clarkson is number 10 with a record of 24-8-2. Vermont is number 11 with a record of 20-10-1. St. Cloud State is number 12 with a record of 16-16-1. Providence is number 19 with a record of 19, 19, and 4. Cornell is number 14 with a record of 13, 12, and 2. Minnesota State is rounds out the top 15 with a record of 15, 16, and 1. Let's see if they have the updated tournament seating yet. They do not, because before we know it, we're going to be looking at the hockey season and we're going to be coming right up to the frozen four so we are not there yet now for men's college across we have right now virginia at number one with a record of one and oh Cornell is number two, hasn't played a game. Same with number three, Notre Dame. Number four, Princeton. Number five, Yale. Number six is John Hopkins. They're 2-0. Ohio State is six with tied to John Hopkins, and they're both 2-0. Rutgers is number eight. They're 2-0. Maryland's number nine uh, with a 1-1 record. Penn is number 10 with no games played. Number 11, Loyola, Maryland. They're 1-0. Number 12 is Georgetown with an 0-1 record. Delaware is number 13 with a 1-0 record. 14 is St. Joseph's with a 1-0 record. Jacksonville is number 15 with a 1-1 record. Duke is number 16 with a 2-1 record. Harvard is number 17 uh, with a 0-0 record. Syracuse is number 18 with a 3-0 record. Number 19 is North Carolina with a 1-0 record. Number 20 is Brown, and they have not played a game yet. So they're 0-0 for the moment. Looking into women's lacrosse, we have North Carolina, number one, with a record of 1-0. Maryland's number two with a record of 1-0. Boston College is number three with a record of 1-0. Syracuse is number four with a record of 1-0. Northwestern is number five with a record of 0-1. Stony Brook is number six, hasn't played a game yet. Number seven, Florida is 1-0. Number eight, Rutgers is 1-0. Loyola, Maryland has not played a game yet. Number 10, Denver is 2-0. Number 11, Duke is 1-0. Number 12, James Madison is 0-1. Number 13, Virginia is 2-0. Number 14, Notre Dame is 1-0. Number 15, Stanford is 0-1. Number 16, Princeton has not played a game yet. Number 17, Michigan is 1-1. One one. Number 18, Johns Hopkins is 1-0. and 
Number 19, Jacksonville is 0-2. Number 20, USC is 0-1. Number 21, Richmond is 1-0. Number 22, Yale is 0-0. They have not played a game yet. Number 23, UMass is 1-0. Number 24, Louisville is 1-1. And number 25 is Vanderbilt with a record of 1-1. That rounds out the top 25 for lacrosse. Now, I'm going to be able to get into this a little bit more when we have our uh, next guest on. And we'll be talking a lot more in-depth about not only men's college basketball, but women's college basketball. One of the things I wanted to mention this last weekend, we had in women's college basketball, we had number one and number two, or number one and number three, South Carolina played LSU. They were the battle of the undefeateds. And at the end of that game, South Carolina was able to, well, they pulled away. Then they won 88-64, handing LSU their first loss of the year and their first loss in SEC play. On that Sunday as well, you had Iowa beating Rutgers 111 points. To 57. You had Stanford beating Arizona State 96 to 64. You had Utah beating Washington State 73 to 59. Maryland was able to beat Illinois 82 to 71. Duke was able to beat Miami 50 to 40. Notre Dame beat Syracuse 73 to 64. Virginia Tech beat Florida State 84 to 70. Michigan beat Nebraska 80 to 75. North Carolina beat Boston College 73 to 55. Oklahoma beat Kansas State 85 to 68. Arizona beat Cal 80 to 57. UCLA beat Oregon State 67 to 57. Virginia upset number 22 North Carolina State 79 to 51. Houston beat South Florida 71 to 69. Colorado was able to beat Washington, and this was for women's basketball on Sunday, February 12th. Today for women's basketball, number six, UConn, was able to survive a very close game against Creighton, 62 to 60. Villanova beat St. John 73 to 57. Oklahoma beat Texas Tech 84 to 57. Iowa was able to, uh, well, they ran away from Wisconsin, 91 to 61. On Monday, Indiana beat Ohio State, 83 to 59, and Iowa State was able to beat Texas, 66 to 61. Iowa was 22, Texas was 17. Indiana was number two. Ohio State was number 13. The games on Saturday for women's basketball, UConn was able to beat Georgetown 
67 to 59. Villanova beat Seton Hall 99 to 65. Texas beat TCU 70 to 50. West Virginia was able to upset number 21 Iowa State 73 to 60 in Morgantown. And Gonzaga was able to beat Portland 63 to 53. That was on Saturday. On Friday, Utah beat Washington 92 to 69. UCLA beat Oregon State 62 to 54. Washington State lost to Colorado 71 to 68 in Boulder. Last Thursday, we had number one South Carolina play number two Auburn. We had Indiana beat Iowa 87 to 78. We had Arizona lose to Stanford, 84 to 60. Number eight, Maryland beat Northwestern, 79 to 54. Number nine, Duke beat Boston College, 68 to 27. Number 10, Notre Dame beat Pittsburgh, 69 to 63. Syracuse beat upset number 14, North Carolina, 75 to 67. Miami upset Florida State, 86 to 82. NC State beat Wake Forest 51 to 42. Those were the top 25 games on Thursday. And last Wednesday, like we said, we talked about UConn losing to Marquette, having to lose. They lost their first two straight for the first time since 93. Ohio State beat Minnesota. Villanova beat Georgetown. And Texas beat Texas Tech. Looking into the games for the top 25 today, for men's, actually, before we do that, why don't we, uh, let's go back to the women's rankings so we can go through the top 25. We have South Carolina at number one with a perfect record of 25 and 0. We have Indiana at number two with a record of 23 and 1. We have Stanford at number three with a record of 24 and 3. We have Utah at number four with a record of 22 and two. We have LSU at number five with a record of 23 and one. We have UConn at number six with a record of 22 and four. We have Iowa at number seven with a record of 20 and five. We have Maryland at number eight with a record of 21 and five. We have Duke at number nine with a record of 22 and three. We have Notre Dame at number 10 with a record of 20 and four. We have Virginia Tech at number 11 with a record of 20 and 4. We have Michigan at number 12 with a record of 20 and 5. We have Ohio State at number 13 with a record of 21 and 4. We have Villanova at number 14 with a record of 22 and 4. We have Oklahoma at number 15 with a record of 20 and 4. We have UCLA at number 16 with a record of 20 and 6. We have Texas at number 17 with a record of 20 and 6. We have Arizona at number 18 with a record of 19 and 6. We have North Carolina at number 19 with a record of 18 and 7. We have Gonzaga at number 20 with a record of 23 and 3. We have Colorado at number 21 with a record of 20 and 5. We have Iowa State at number 22 with a record of 15 and 7. We have UNLV at number 23 with a record of 24 and 2. We have Florida State at 20 and 7. 
And we have UNC rounding out the top 25 with a record of 19 and 6. And we're getting pretty close to where we're going to be focused a lot more in depth on bracketology. But as of yesterday, we have South Carolina as the top overall seed. We have St. John's as the first team out. We have Mississippi State as the last team in. The last four buys are on the bubble right now. We have Oregon, Washington State, Arkansas, and Purdue. The last four in, we have Marquette, Georgia, Nebraska, and Mississippi State. The first four out, we have St. John's, Princeton, Syracuse, and Bowling Green. Followed by the next four out is UMass, Toledo, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. And we are still, we have a few brackets so far. We have Wofford for the 68-team bracket. We have Wofford at Morgan State. We have Georgia Marquette. We have Jackson State in Southeast Louisiana. As a 16 seed, we had Nebraska, Mississippi State as a 12. So far in the Greenville 1 regional, where uh, Columbia, we have South Carolina face the winner of Wofford and Morgan State. Then you have Kansas against Miami. In the Villanova part of it, you have Ohio State against number five, Ohio State ranked number five against Rhode Island number 12, Villanova number four against number 13, Boise uh, Ball State. In South Bend, part of it, you have Arizona going against the winner of Georgia Marquette. Then you have Notre Dame ranked number three against number 14, Drexel. In Iowa City, you have number seven, Baylor, going against number 10, Middle Tennessee. And you have number two, Iowa, going against number 15, Albany. In the Bloomington part, you have Indiana going against one of Jackson State and Louisiana as number 16 seed. We got number eight, USC, going against Old Miss, number nine. In the Boulder region, part of it, you have Iowa State going with the fifth rank against South Dakota State, at number 12. You have Colorado, the fourth seed, against Long Beach State, number 13 seed. In the College Park regional, you have Louisville, the sixth seed against Florida Gulf Coast, the 11. Then you have Maryland at the three seed against Troy, the 14. In the Durham part, you have Tennessee, the seventh seed against Washington State, the 10th seed, and Duke, the second seed against Farley Dickinson, the 15th seed. In Seattle, you have up in stores, you have UConn going against the one seed against Little Rock, the 16th seed. You have number eight, Alabama going against uh, number nine, Oklahoma State. In the Austin area, you have number five, UCLA going against number 12, UNLV. We have number four, Texas, going against number 13, Iowa. In the Blacksburg part of the region, you have number six, South Florida, going against number 11, Purdue. You have number three, Virginia Tech, going against number 14, Iona. In the Salt Lake City region, you have number seven, Gonzaga, going against number 10, Arkansas. And number two, Utah, going against number 15, Iowa State. In the Stanford part of the region, you have Stanford at number one going against Southern Utah, the number 16 ranked. You have Creighton, the eighth seed, going against Illinois, the ninth seed. 
In the Chapel Hill Regional, you have Oklahoma, number five, going against the winner of Nebraska and Mississippi State, number 12. Then you have North Carolina going against Green Bay, the 13th seed. In Ann Arbor, you have Florida State, the 6th seed, going against Columbia, the 11th seed. And you have number three, the three seed Michigan, going against Boston University, the 14th seed. Down in Baton Rouge, you have NC State, the 7th seed, going against Oregon, the 10th seed. And number two, the two seed LSU, going against the 15th seed Gardner Webb. And so right now with the uh, major conference breakdown, you have eight, AC, eight of the ACC teams, eight of the Pac-12 teams, eight of the Big Ten teams, eight of the SEC teams, six of the Big 12, and four of the Big East for the women's bracketology. So we'll see how that goes. And we also have the men's bracketology we'll get into a little later and seeing not only if that's going to turn out like that or if there are going to be a few surprises along the way since we do have the conference tournaments coming up. As I said already for today, we've already had the number one seed go down. Alabama was upset by Tennessee, 68 to 59, which that is a big upset. Tennessee last week, last two or three weeks, has lost four games. And so we weren't sure how that was going to go. And uh, this could be their signature win that they needed heading into the SEC tournament conference in a week or two. Number seven, Virginia has defeated Louisville 61 to 58. And then number 11, Marquette beat number 16, Xavier 69 to 68. And a nail biter. Right now we have Northwestern leading number 14, Indiana 45 to 31. We have number 19, Iowa State ahead of number 22, TCU. 47 to 26. We also have number 21, San Diego State, playing Fresno State starting at 11 o'clock. It's a home game for Fresno State. See how that goes. And uh, while we have a minute, let's go through the men's college basketball rankings. While this is going to change now with uh, Alabama having that loss at the moment, they're number one at 22 and three. Houston's number two at 23 and two. Purdue is number three with a record of 23 and three. UCLA is number four with a record of 21 and four. Kansas is number five with a record of 20 and five. Number six is Texas with a record of 20 and five. Number seven is Virginia with a record of 19 and four. Number eight is Arizona with a record of 22 and four. Number nine is Baylor with a record of 19 and six. Number 10 is Tennessee with a record of 19 and 6. Number 11 is Marquette with a record of 20 and 6. Number 12 is Kansas State with a record of 19 and 6. Number 13 is Gonzaga with a record of 21 and 5. Number 14 is Indiana with a record of 18 and 7. Number 15 is Miami with a record of 20 and 5. Number 16 is Xavier with a record of 19 and 6. Number 17 is St. Mary's with a record of 22 and 5. Number 18 is Creighton with a record of 17 and 8. 
Number 19 is Iowa State with a record of 16 and 8. Number 20 is UConn with a record of 19 and 7. Number 21 is San Diego State with a record of 20 and 5. Number 22 is TCU with a record of 17 and 8. Number 23 is NC State with a record of 20 and 6. Number 24 is Providence with a record of 18 and 7. Number 25 is Florida Atlantic with a record of 24 and 2. And that rounds out the men's top 25. So the games that we had yesterday, number five, Kansas beat Oklahoma State 87 to 76. Oklahoma upset number 12, Kansas State 79 to 65. Providence upset Creighton, 94-86. Syracuse upset NC State, 75-72. And then another game that wasn't in the top 25, that was a uh, big game was Duke beat Notre Dame, 68-64. Now, Notre Dame was led by uh, Goodwin. He scored 25 points. He was the reason where they had uh, stayed ahead in the game, and the game was a lot closer than it could have been. So we will see how that goes come tournament time for the ACC tournament. On Monday, Texas Tech upset number six, Texas. 74 to 67. Baylor beat West Virginia 79 to 67. Miami number 15 beat North Carolina 80 to 72. On Sunday, there was only one game that happened, but it was a big game with Northwestern upsetting number one Purdue at the time 64 to 58 for the top 25. On Saturday, you had Alabama beat Auburn 77-69. Stanford upset Arizona 88-79. Texas beat West Virginia 90-64. Tennessee lost to Missouri 86-85 on a buzzer beater. UCLA beat Oregon 70-63. Virginia beat Duke 69-62 in overtime which uh, that's a game that they're going to be talking about for a while just with how the ending of regulation is. Kansas beat Oklahoma 78-55. Marquette beat Georgetown 89-75. Oklahoma State upset Iowa State 64-56. Texas Tech was able to upset Kansas State 71-63. Baylor beat TCU 74-68. St. Mary's beat Portland 81-64. Gonzaga beat BYU 88-81. Indiana was able to beat Michigan 62-61. Miami beat Louisville 93-85. St. John's beat upset Providence 73-68. Creighton beat UConn 56 to 53. 
North Carolina State beat Boston College 92-62. to Illinois upset Rutgers 69 to 60. San Diego State beat UNLV 82 to 71. Those were the games that were on Saturday for the top 25. On Friday, you only had one game where Butler upset Xavier 69 to 67. And on Thursday, you had Purdue beating Iowa 87 to 73. Arizona beat California 85 to 62. UCLA beat Oregon State 62 to 47. You had Loyola upset St. Mary's. Seventy-eight to seventy-four. And he had Gonzaga beat San Francisco ninety-nine to eighty-one. So that is how the games for the top 25 in men's college basketball went. And we are about to be joined in a second by Mr. Bob Alvis. We are just waiting on him so that we can talk about a few things that happened. We already talked about Michigan State. I also want to bring up New Mexico State. And just what happened with them canceling the rest of their season. So we, So while we're waiting on Bob, we are just looking at the bracketology as well. We have already had Joe Lenardi go through for ESPN, and this was updated on Valentine's Day. So right now we have the last four buys is West Virginia, Auburn, Boise State, and Memphis. We have the last four in as Mississippi State, North Carolina, New Mexico, and Clemson. We have the first four out right now is Oregon, Kentucky, USC, Wisconsin, uh, followed by the next four out as Charleston, Arizona State, Seton Hall, and Utah. And we are now joined by Bob Alvis, high school sports commentator, public address announcer, host of the Sports Buffet, and multiple other jobs and activities. Appreciate you coming on, even though it's a little late. Bob, how you doing? No, that's okay. The The tree is still blowing, so I know it must be a calm night in the uh, West compound. Yes, sir. Now, uh, since uh, while I was waiting for you, I actually was able to get through the top 25 or the top 15 for we've gone through wrestling. We've gone through women's gymnastics. We've gone through men and women's lacrosse, men and women's hockey. We've been able to go through men and women's basketball, the rankings and go through some of the games uh, doing the bracketology for the women's. And I was just starting to do the men's, but 
I want to try to talk with you about a few things as we're going down there. I don't know if you uh, saw college basketball tonight already or not. Not as much tonight so far, so you can you might have to fill me in. Alabama lost to Tennessee. Wow. Yeah, Crimson Tide doesn't help them, but they had uh, had shot up into uh, believe that uh, – were they ranked number one? They were. Yeah, so, I mean, you know – Anytime the number one seed or number one team falls, that's obviously a shake. But, you know, anytime you're number one and you're playing somebody else, that somebody else gets really jacked up. So uh, good for Tennessee and Rick Barnes. Yeah, I think that they had lost four, three or four games in a row. So this is a game that they desperately needed heading into the SEC tournament. Another thing I did want to mention about uh, before we go into more basketball was just the uh, – tragedy that happened in Michigan State. Uh, I talked with my other co-host, Chris, who was on earlier, just because it's a shame that three people died, five wounded, and uh, it's something we never want to see, but unfortunately, it's almost feeling like it's something we're starting to see more often, which is not good. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you become almost uh, numb to the fact because it happens so often, and that definitely is not a good feeling. I have a friend, and his uh, Wife is one of the coaches at Michigan State for softball. So uh, my first text when I heard about it was, "Hey, are you guys okay? Did any of your, did any of her players know? Um, you know, did they know anybody? Were they any of the people?" And uh, luckily, everybody was all good. So that's my first thought: is anytime something like that happens, if we know someone who is connected in any way, let's check on them and make sure they're okay first before. Uh, before we speculate or anything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, uh, it's tough to talk about just because, I mean, well, we already had in the calendar year, we had the Virginia shooting, which was bad enough. That and then, well, back in 2007, we had the Virginia Tech shooting, which that was even worse. So, I mean, I guess it's more just trying to feel safe when you, you think that you should, whereas, when you have something like that happen, it's not as easy to get that feeling. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for, you know, having a 16 year old and a 15 year old, uh, I think not that I can sympathize more than other people, but like I'm closer to that being my kid somewhere. And anytime I go into like a high school game now or, or whatever, and even, uh, even my friends that officiate, I'm shocked that nobody has really tried to go after uh, an official or personnel because at most of these uh, events I go to, like high school or small college, you know, it's it's not a security deal issue. Like, you know, it's not the, T- the TSA is not there, anything like that. And at most of our college campuses, I think a lot of times we trust that people will will do good. And unfortunately, that doesn't always always happen. And Honestly, when we sit back and really think about it, it's super scary. I mean, you know, when there was a shooting uh, near where I live um, in Appomattox at, at one point, and you know, I mean, I had my ex-wife knew one of the women that was uh, shot and killed, and you know, man, that's that's really sobering because that could be that could be your wife that could be your mom that could be your sister so yeah it's uh it's really heartbreaking you know um 
I mean, it's just, it's a tragedy, and that's why we're, uh, have thoughts and prayers for up in East, East Lansing, and we'll just see how that goes. But uh, I'll be there going to come together and be even stronger. I mean, them postponing the games for this week, uh, I think that that's definitely going to help just so that way they can get a little bit of uh, time just to process what happened. And uh, we'll definitely see how everything goes, but that's just a strategy for them to have to go through. And we just we hate that it happens, even though we're, like you and uh, also Chris said, we're starting to get numb to it, but hopefully that's not the case. Although uh, I did when I was checking out men's basketball, I looked up and saw that uh, New Mexico State, I don't know if you saw what happened there. Yeah, that, uh, I'll go ahead and let you go ahead first and then I'll give my two cents. All right, so the uh, team had already gotten in trouble once earlier in the year and, well, had another issue where I guess at least one of their players was hating and three other players got charged. So the school has canceled the rest of the year and suspended the team in the season. I think that was the thing too. And uh, it is part of the coach today that I believe because that's something that should not be happening. That's something that when you're trying to play sports, you don't want to have to deal with something like that. Well, and, you know, I think it kind of gets down to it in this way, too. We are in 2023. And I'm not saying that would be condoned at any point in time. But the stuff that we can condone in 1993, in 2003, or in 1983, those rules just do not apply anymore. So, you know, like, quote, unquote, you know, you could call it, some you could call it giving somebody a hard time, but somebody else can say it's bullying. Somebody else can say it's hazing. Somebody else can say whatever. And you know, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody in college athletics is is an adult. And when you've got the adults that are the coaches who are kind of uh, I don't want to say egging this on, but like you know, they're just as much of a part of it too. And it's happening under their watch. That's bad that's real bad but uh you know i know i know i've heard some things too about like if you're new mexico state why were you hiring this guy as a coach because he coached with greg marshall and will wade who have not been the exact uh two spitting images of uh of, yeah. of clean programs uh, that's a good point and i mean for him it was his first year so the coach who was before him had done really well, and so that's a shame. But uh, apparently, that was the this year is the last year they were in the uh, what's it's NWC, mm-hmm. and so for them, even with that, they've had twenty five uh, appearances in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see what happened. I think it was either twenty five appearances or it's twenty five titles. In the you know, league. I thought I thought about this when I heard this story. And I thought about it from the fact of, I remember in 1990-ish when UNLV was really, really, really good. (laughs) New Mexico State and them were both in the Big West. And New Mexico State was the team that kind of gave UNLV, I don't want to say fits, but I mean, that would be like your Gonzaga and your St. Mary's. Or I don't want to say it's your Duke and Carolina, but it was without the, you know, intense rivalry. That was, you know, if if you can beat New Mexico State, you're going to run the table. 
in the Big West. And, you know, for me to think about this is a team that or this is a school that they were compared with the number one team in the nation, one of the best teams of all time. And now you're talking about suspending the program, not suspending a couple people, but essentially shutting down the operations. Dude, that is a big, big thing. I mean, you know, look at all your scandal schools here in the in the last few years. And the ones that pop out to me are Penn State football and Baylor basketball. I mean, they had some really bad things happen, no doubt. But they didn't shut the whole thing down. No, but... I guess I'm waiting to see if they're going to do like what college football did the death penalty. I'm waiting to see if they do that for it in terms of college basketball, just because, well, let's be honest right now with this happening, it's kind of inexcusable. You you should know better than that. Absolutely. I I think you're a hundred percent right. And I'm not saying don't shut it down, but I'm just saying, I think, you know, if you want to talk about the gravity of the situation, I mean, look at where we were at. We're talking about a, we're talking about, yeah, there have been some other reprehensible things here in the past, um, you know, X number of years, but we're talking about a university shutting down the whole program. If that doesn't say things are broken and we really need to get this fixed, then I don't know. I don't know what does. Now, I think when New Mexico state has the opportunity, there's going to be some coaches that they can come in and maybe try to uh, get this thing hashed out and, you know, maybe put it under some, some good leadership. But at the end of the day, if you're one of those coaches, why do you want to go to New Mexico state? I mean, you, you're not talking about rebuilding a team. You're talking about rebuilding a program. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's why uh, you've already had three players leave there. Three recruits who had been there, they've already left. And if you recall, they already had an issue earlier in the year where one of their players shot at another, either shot another player or another person, and they were supposed to stay in town, but instead the coach made him get on the bus and leave. And when you were listening, like one of the assistant coaches or one of the other people that was a part of the staff, they had the gun that was used and a few other incriminating issues. So, I mean... When I heard that earlier in the year, I knew something was wrong, but compared to what we finally heard with this, you knew it was over. It was just waiting to see what the school was going to do and just seeing how they were going to react. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So, I mean, that's just my two cents, but I was taking a look at that. And uh, since we talked about you coming on, I wanted to make sure that I would uh, bring that up in front of you to try to... uh, see what you thought about the whole incident and just what you thought, period. So You are going to make me happy here at some point, right? It's I feel like we've been doing gloom and doom for like the whole thing here. Well, I'll make you happy right now because uh, did you watch the Duke game last night against Notre Dame? I did. I was watching that as well, and I noticed that that's the first game that Coach K has been to since yeah. he was coach and so that was big and then also uh the other thing i found that was kind of funny was um you had the wwe wrestler there as well i can't think of the guy's name but uh he uh 
I feel bad for the person behind him because there was no way he was going to be seeing behind him. Well, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, for, for Duke basketball to be able to move forward, I think you're going to have to give John Shire some space and let John Shire do this. I'm not against Coach K coming. And, you know, he's a grown man. He can go where he wants to. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I think you really have to figure out a way to how do you make this John Shire's program? Well, the thing was, you saw the Coach K, he sat behind the cheerleaders and there, there was space. They made sure to give him him and his wife space. So, Right. Well, it's not like he can hide. Yeah, exactly. Well, then you wouldn't expect him to. The other thing I, that I thought about when I was watching that game was, uh, well, for one thing, that one Notre Dame shooter, he kept them in the game because that game would have been a little, not as close had he not hit the last, I want to say it was 16 or 18 points to almost end the game because he was the one that literally was willing them to stay in the game because it wasn't as close as the scoreboard shows. Right. And, you know, the one thing, too, I think that we've got to keep in mind is, uh, you know, Notre Dame's going to look different next year because Mike Bray has, uh, I want to say, put in his notice, so to speak. And what's interesting is it, when it came out this week, it was Mike Bray said he's leaving Notre Dame, but we can't say Mike Bray's not going to be coaching anymore. So I thought that was kind of a little bit, a little bit odd. Well, I mean that, and uh, in some ways he's doing what Brian Kelly did. He, uh, mm -hmm. Brian Kelly left as the uh, all-time winningest Notre Dame coach and went to LSU. Mike Bray right now, I believe he's the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame. So he's going to go somewhere else. I mean, you can't really blame him, but, you just want to see wherever he ends up, depending on how the recruiting is. Because remember, at one point, Mike Bray was an assistant with Coach K. So, I mean, he he understands about winning. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me a lot of uh, Rick Barnes uh, because, you know, I think Rick Barnes was uh, very uh, unjustly um, shown the door at Texas. So mm -hmm. Mike Bray kind of reminds me of that. But, you know, the other thing that sticks out to me is when we were talking about a guy that you need to put into a – a New Mexico state needing some type of strong leadership. I think about a Mike Bray, but you got to think too, Mike Bray ain't no spring chicken at this yeah. point either. So. Yeah, no, I mean, if you were going to technically say about somebody who would be kind of a, uh, one who would kind of, I guess, uh, get the troops in order, I would think more of along the lines of someone like a Buzz Williams or maybe even a Frank Martin. Because. Uh, uh... <laughs> I mean, Frank Martin, I think, you know, I don't know how many people, I think there's some uh, people out there who are not necessarily big Bob Huggins fans. Frank Martin kind of came from the Huggins, uh, Huggins okay, tree. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think Buzz Williams has any uh, real quote unquote negative feelings, except for the places he's been and where he's left because everybody wants to, you know, kind of keep, keep that guy. I mean, you know, Man, I I almost think of somebody like, and I'm not saying this guy would do it at all, but, you know, when Hubert Davis got hired in North Carolina, Hubert Davis made a point in his press conference to talk about his faith. And I've heard the same thing a little bit from Scott Drew at Baylor. Mm -hmm. I think you need somebody like that, but you can't have it be somebody that's, you know, I don't know if you can have it be a young coach or if you need, 
a veteran. I mean, you know, I don't think you can pry anybody out of retirement. Well, um, but that's kind of the thing I think that I'd be looking at a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean, I could tell you that if uh, a certain school has their way, Chris Holman may be out, so maybe they could have someone like him. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed about that, just with how that's been. Uh, were you able to watch any women's basketball on Super Bowl Sunday by any chance? Not not a lot, but I've been keeping up a little bit lately. And, you know, one real quick thing, and you talk about this with Holtman, but I think it can apply for anybody. If you're going to dismiss a coach or, quote, unquote, fire them, have somebody, like, you know, have their replacement in mind. Because the, oh, yeah. the last thing, like, you know, I don't know if you remember, but when North Carolina um, – Got when Bill Guthridge retired, the plan was Roy Williams, but I think that was the plan for North Carolina. I don't think it was a plan for Roy because he didn't go there then. And then it got into a a laughable, um, you know, debacle before Matt, Matt Doherty. Doherty was it Matt Doherty who took yep. out then? Yep. But I mean, it got down to like where Matt Doherty was like seventh choice, fifth choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you know, so like you don't want that to happen at any school. And, you know, not everybody has a alumni tree that they can, you know, dig into and nor should they. I think sometimes when you go to the alumni um, bucket, I think that's sometimes probably the worst bucket you can go to because, dude, like I say all the time, it is hard to fire an alum. Yep. Oh, I know. And I mean, that's why. uh Let's be honest, that's probably the reason right now why Patrick Ewing's kept his job. And I mean, although even with him having that, think about what John Thompson had to do before then. He had to fire his son. Yep. As coach, which that that had to be a very tough decision. I mean, the only the only thing I'm trying to see is um just depending on what's gonna happen because with certain alumnus, sure you don't want to fire them. That's why I think in Duke's case, like you said, how John Shire needs to get more control of the team, but he's still trying to get used to it. I think the thing that helped him was being Coach K's right-hand man and the person who I want to say Coach K truly trusted. And so when he decided it was his time, he's like, hey, this is who I want to be the coach. Figure out how to get it done. We're going to be okay. And I mean... Yeah, I mean, I you know, the thing that hit me when you're saying all that is at one time with Duke, it was like when Krzyzewski retires, who are they going to get? Are they okay. going to go get Johnny Dawkins or are they going to go get Tommy Amaker? And then it kind of got down into the, you know, I, I mean, to me, Shire was always kind of talked about as the third tier. It was like Shire, Wojo. I mean, you know, uh-huh. then you're getting into people who have much less of the coaching pedigree but they're Duke guys. So, you know, like, yeah, I mean, bottom line, I am not a big fan of, you know, hiring an alum and just keeping it quote unquote in house because yeah, that can get, and you know, the biggest thing I think about too, with that is um, you're talking about women's basketball. When, when that time comes at UConn. Yeah. Now yeah. The, the thing about that is I think, and I, and I'll be very honest with you, my knowledge of women's basketball is not, you know, a hundred levels deep, but Gino, I think has coached more players who have had success. I don't think Gino's coaching tree 
is is has deep rooted. I know he's had some, but you know, I mean, it, it's I don't think it's it's as deep as like you know other like it's not the Belichick tree of the NFL, so yeah. to speak. Um, but at the same time, UConn's going to be a high profile job when it comes. And let's be honest, it's probably coming sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, the last time I was kind of surprised when a coach walked away was actually when, uh, for women's basketball, when a uh, loose coach, uh, Gail Dokensor, when she left, I yep. was surprised that she had walked out. I mean, I figured, I mean, Duke was still doing well. And so you figured she was going to stay. And then she's like, nope, see ya. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, those things can happen. I mean, you know, but like I said, it's always good to have a plan. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't have a plan and you're just throwing darts at the dartboard, that's not a good sign because what if your bullseye, you can't find it? What if you can't hit it? That is true. Uh, yeah, I think you and me both. Definitely a long day, but uh, the main reason why I was talking about Super Bowl Sunday was you had LSU against South Carolina. Number one versus number three, both undefeated. Did you watch any of that game? Didn't get to see much of it, but I mean, you know, how about what Kim Mulkey's doing down there at LSU? I mean, you know, we talk about Don Staley and Gino Oriema a lot, and with with good reason. But I mean, the, the things that Don, the things that Don, the things that Kim Mulkey's doing at LSU after being, you know, kind of that longtime coach, she was at Baylor for a uh, for a good long spell, oh, yeah. and now she's bringing success to uh, to Cajun country again. Yeah, I mean, so what happened was, because I watched, uh, I watched at least the first half like very intensely. Literally, when LSU would try for a shot, if they did not make the shot, South Carolina got the rebounds. Right. Every time. And, I mean, it just you wanted LSU to do more. Like they, they were able to stymie Angel Reese into one of her worst games of the year, and so it just. You were hoping for a lot more, but it was kind of anticlimactic after the first half because you could tell that L- that LSU, as good as they were, there was no way they were going to beat South Carolina. And I mean, South Carolina was able to pull away and went almost by, went close to 20 by the end, but it was definitely a good matchup. It just, Moki got out coaching in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, I think that we and I think we've talked about this before, but I think we always see a lot more blowouts in the women's basketball game just because number one in women's basketball is normally just so good, and there's normally such a good size gap from number one to number two, three, four, five, six. Maybe not one to two, but one to one to three is I think where you really start seeing more of a gap. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and I mean it just. It really just depends on the team and uh, how they do. So, I mean, it was definitely a fight. And LSU tried, but in the end, they couldn't hold on. And then, like I said, Alabama already lost this week. So, well, we're going to have a new number one. Probably Houston's going to jump back up. And, I mean, coming up to tournament time, we're definitely getting close. We've got about two or three weeks. And, uh, I mean... It's going to be a fight every game now. So, yeah. And it's not about like we've talked about before. I know this is a, um, you know, top 25 show, but it's not about being number one now. 
It's about can you be number one at the end? Exactly, exactly. So that's why we're trying to see about it. But uh, oh, is there anything else you can really think of for college basketball, either for men or women, that kind of caught your eye this week? You know, I don't know if it happened this week or if it happened the week before, but did you hear the story at Kentucky about the usher? Ah, uh, the one that got fired, I believe. Yeah, yeah that that was a uh, that was something else for sure. I heard part of it, but um, if you want to go ahead and say it, we can go go feel sure. free. So allegedly, some of the Florida fans were were heckling a little bit during the game and you know, kind of uh, saying some ugly things and uh, showing some ugly gestures. Well, apparently, once they had departed, some of the Kentucky fans were kind of like doing the whole like gesture thing behind their back and everything. And supposedly, this dude was one of them. And he got on camera for it. Now, I can tell you this. I mean, you know, that's inappropriate. You can't You can't be doing that. And especially if you're like, you know part of the um I don't know what to say. I think they called them blue coats or something. But apparently this is not really like it's almost like being on the Green Bay Packers waiting list for season tickets. I don't even know if you really get paid for this gig, but you're you're out there to um I mean who doesn't want to be a part of Kentucky basketball in some way, True. some shape, form or fashion. So this guy now lost his gig and uh, not to be rehired from what I'd heard. Now, I don't know if the they started to petition everything for him, but at the end of the day, come on, dude. I mean, I don't care if they are cussing you, calling your mama names and everything like that. But at the end of the day, if you are representing some security group or or whatever, you can't be you can't be doing that. You And I, I'm I am a person who loves to have grace for people, mm -hmm. but I'm trying I'm trying hard to find where this guy should be should you give him an, i mean first off you're not putting him on a stake it's not like you're telling him he can't have another job for the rest of his life you just are saying dude you can't do this one sure sure so, i mean uh, it reminds me of uh, actually this year do you remember when virginia tech was on prime time for espn i think at the beginning of the year yep uh, i believe it was virginia tech they had the camera focus, and this one kid decided to do the double birds, and then Wait. realized he was on live TV. Then he saw him just go like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, dude, we're not say I I can speak for myself, and I believe I'm going to speak for Alan too here. We're not saying you should not get a second chance, but we're just saying there might be some areas where you don't get the second chance. You can get it somewhere else, and you can still be meaningful and impact, and you know be whatever in other chances. But for this one, uh, I don't know. You might have to uh, might have to put that dream of being a blue coat to bed. I mean, with all due respect, it's uh, basically like Monopoly. When you go to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200, do not go to chance, do not go to community chest. You can get back in the game. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean... I don't know how to put it. You can get back in the game, I guess is what I would say, but you're not going to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to, you made a good analogy with Monopoly. I just don't know how to spin it back to Monopoly in terms of, uh, they don't give you blue coats in Monopoly, but I mean, you know, 
this gentleman, you know, unfortunately, one action can, I think, put you to where you can't hold a certain job again. It's not saying you can't hold a job. It's not saying we're not saying any of that. We're just saying, hey, the job that you want and see, like, not to get not to get old man or onto a um, soapbox here. But I think that's what's wrong with, you know, a lot of times I think people will make mistakes mm-hmm. and then they expect, well, I can just say I'm sorry and everything can go back to like it was. And, you know, I sometimes think that we don't really have consequences. And, you know, like, again, dude, just because you do something, you know, let me use the word stupid, just because you do something stupid. I'm not saying that you're punished forever. I'm just saying there are certain areas you might, you might not be able to get the second chance Mm -hmm. that you want, but you might still be able to get a second chance. All right, Bob, I've got a music analogy for you. Ready? Can't wait. Go for it. All right. So uh, Semisonic, it has a song called Closing Time. Yep. And so part of the song is you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Perfect. I mean, I think this fits with this right now because, well, he he could still have that job, but Absolutely. at a different place, he just can't have it here anymore. So. And, you know, again, I mean, as fathers of people who are younger than we are, obviously, because that's what we're called their father, mm-hmm. there are consequences for actions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best way I can put it. There are consequences for actions. Yeah, so either it happens or it doesn't. If it doesn't, well, I mean, you wanted to do something you thought was... intelligent and unfortunately instead of it being looked at as intelligent it's uh looked at as well it costs you your job and uh how you like me now basically just because as much as you want to try to do it anymore you can't and it sucks but uh let's see the best i'll give you the perfect analogy just because of how uh of what time it is you ready yep you make your bed, you got to lie in it. I'll give you another good analogy. Don't shoot double birds because they don't fly and it normally doesn't end well for you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I saw that, I could, when I saw that in the game, I was like, oh, yeah, he's screwed. Yep. Because you, you can't do that. And on in national TV, oh, no. Oh, no. And even if you do it, it's not like that ever. You know, again, I mean, I, I don't. I'm sure there have been a lot of people that have shot double birds in their life and they're fine people. And, you know, like, I hope that doesn't define them, but when you shoot it for the immediate future thereafter, that's going to be how you're going to be. I don't want to say remembered, but that's going to be how you're associated. And, you know, you do put the bullseye on yourself. So, yeah. Well, that being said, we, we jumped off on a little bit of a tangent there, but we will see how the rest of the games are going to go just because I believe we have conference tournaments coming up within the next two or three weeks. So what I'm going to do next week, I believe I'm going to have Mr. Nick Hodell on, but depending on uh, what he has to say, I may uh, see if I'd have you come on for a few minutes afterwards, depending on your uh, your availability, but we'll just uh, 
you and me will talk about that later on and figure that out. But if we were going to find you outside of here, what would be the best way to do so? Um, the best idea is probably don't try to find me because you might be scarred for life. But yeah. if you want to, you can go to the Sports Buffet on Twitter, uh, the Sports Buffet podcast on Facebook, and I'm even starting to get a little bit more active with my YouTube channel, the Sports Buffet there as well. So if you don't have Twitter and you want to see the videos I post, normally they're going up on the uh, old the old YouTube site. Okay. Yeah, sometime I'll, I'll have to jump on there with you and see what we can do for sure. that. So. Sure. We'll definitely figure out about that. For me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alan F. West. I am going to post on there at some point, so it's almost tournament time, so it'll be time for my two or three-month post time. <laughs> Usually, I, I post every two or three months. I mean, uh, I'm getting better because last time it took me 10 years to post, so I mean, uh, I'm trying to change the time frames. Uh, Instagram, two or, you can three, find me. two or three months over 10 years, people. Two or three exactly. months to go in every time. Exactly, exactly that. And on Instagram, you have me at alan.west.46. But uh, like we always say, you can always check us out on the sportscast.net. Uh, Bob Avis, thank you, sir, as always. And uh, appreciate you having me you next week. Yes, and sir. Uh, have a good night. This is Alan West. That's Bob Avis. This has been the Top 25 Roundup. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah.